Yeah, hi, I am Eric. I'm the DM for this series. It's probably Heresy, where we play Dark Heresy, an RPG where all the players control characters in the 41st millennium universe of Warhammer 40k. All the characters are agents of the Inquisition, which protects the Imperium of Man from threats within, without, and beyond. And these heroes will never be known by the general populace of the Imperium because their work is too sensitive for most people to know about. But without them, then the Imperium would surely fall. So we are going to follow the brave exploits of one such crew of acolytes. Did you want to give your other description that you, yeah. did, that you just said? Because I think that's another perfect encapsulation of Dark Heresy. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> so all the players in Dark Heresy play the secret police of a brutally repressive fascist theocracy, and they're the good guys. I like Ding. it. <laughs> all right. Yes, and I'm Matt, and I play Tyrus the Psyker. I guess we could just go right into the prologue then. Okay. Aboard the Inquisitorial Sword-class frigate Spear of Discord in orbit above the planet Acheron, we find ourselves in a small interrogation room with no windows, no particular features besides slate-gray walls and a metal table, and a man... Tyrus sits at the table with a very large bloody bandage over his nose. Why don't you describe Tyrus? All right. Tyrus, as I mentioned before, is a psyker, which essentially means that he has psychic abilities. He is a mutant, but unlike most mutants, he isn't burned at the stake in the Imperium. He has been sanctioned to work as a psyker. He originally was a void-born and he served a very average voidborn life in a tithe ship. However, one day the tithe ship disappeared in the warp. It was presumed to be destroyed, but 300 years later, it reappeared. All of the passengers were gone except for Tyrus, who was still the same age, a seven-year-old boy. A black ship, a ship that rounds up psychers, discovered the now re-emerged ship and realized that the young boy had psychic abilities. So they took him to Terra to be trained. And when I left Terra, I was immediately recruited or volunteered, whatever choice of word you wish. Volunteered and very heavy quote marks. Into service in the Inquisition. Appearance-wise, he's a fairly normal-looking man. The reason why the Inquisition was so interested in him is because unlike a lot of other psychers, he didn't require psychoconductive implants. So he could pass as a normal man and psychers generally are not trusted. So a psyker that looked like a normal man is a very valuable thing to the Inquisition. Mm -hmm. He usually wears a long white coat. He doesn't really carry weapons because his mind is his biggest weapon. However... He does carry a force staff with him. Mm -hmm. Okay. As he sits there, the door opens and in walks a man, very tall with a military-like bearing and a white coat with sort of a red mantle about the shoulders. Uh, he's interrogator Rexler Salt, who is the interrogator for Inquisitor Greta Margolin, 
and he pulls up a second chair right in front of the desk, sits down right across from Tyrus, and pulls out a data slate with the Inquisition seal on the back of it, and flicks through it to find some relevant data files, and clears his voice in a stern tone, sort of talks to Tyrus. So, you and your fellow three acolytes just completed a mission, so this is just your standard Inquisition debrief to assess the performance of the mission, see where things went wrong, where things went right. This particular mission, there are some things that are still standing out as a little bit strange to me, so I just want to go over things with you. Uh, So over the course of the investigation, many Xenos artifacts are confiscated from the planet, from the uh, faceless trade smuggling ring there. But there are a couple artifacts that are still unaccounted for, some Xenos weaponry, primarily. Now these, of course, are very, very dangerous in the wrong hands. Xeno artifacts invite corruption into the hearts of any honest imperial citizen who happens to lay hands on them. So we, of course, want to track all these things down. So I would like to ask you, do you know what happened to the rest of those? Well, interrogator, I have my theories. Unfortunately, though, I don't have a solid answer. Well, I have to question your competence then. You had a pretty thorough cargo manifest of all the items and just couldn't find the remaining ones. They just disappeared. Yes, interrogator. There is an explanation I can give, and I can assure you that myself and my fellow acolytes are worthy of carrying on the work of the Inquisition. If you will allow me, I will go over the report with you in full detail, and I assure you that by the end you will have a worthy explanation. Very well. He sort of scowls at you a bit and flicks through a couple more items on his data slate before pulling up some personnel records. So, um, just to review your fellow acolytes on this mission, Ketho Rolkine of the nobility from Skintilla, the sector capital, um, says here, man in his mid fifties, he was a prominent figure in the security of his house back home before his sibling was murdered and the murderer fled off planet. And this man, Ketho, he deserted his post to go chase after this person. And before he could get too far gone, he was picked up by your inquisitor and actually offered a slightly different tracking assignment. So what do you have to say about this fella? Well, I don't know much about Ketho's past, but... I do know he's got money, he's got connections, but perhaps even more valuable than that, he is an expert of social engineering. It says here that he has a very impressive win rate in regicide games. (sighs) That is in the report, interrogator? (laughs) It was uh, actually very specifically told to me by Ketho on a couple occasions, actually. Tyrus looks down uh, on his belt. He carries a 
travel-sized regicide kit that folds in half, and the wood on the board is made from trees on a now-dead planet, and the pieces are made out of high-quality adamantium. And he looks back to the interrogator and says, look, I don't know what he told you, but I'm pretty good at this. (laughs) Oh. Your fellow acolyte seems to think differently. Look, interrogator, I don't really see how this is relevant to the case or to your quandary as to the missing Xenos artifacts. It's not. I just like seeing you squirm. Okay, next acolyte, Martin. He was a tech priest serving in an explorer fleet, originally a native of a feral world, I believe Iocanthos. Uh, but he was picked up by the Explorer fleet at one point and then um, joined the Mechanicus, received all the implants required to become a tech priest who keeps all the machinery in the Imperium running. Uh, says here he has extensive biological knowledge as well as technical expertise and trained as a surgeon for several years with the Mechanicus. Quite a talented medical and scientific officer with a very broad base of knowledge. What do you have to say about him? Yes, I haven't actually known very many tech priests in my life. They're a reclusive bunch, but uh, I must say I do admire the man. He's a very cold man, but uh, also a very logical one. He gets the job done. Despite the fact that he's more metal than flesh, I'm surprised at how knowledgeable he is of the flesh and, uh, he seems to have a um, worrying enthusiasm for replacing organic parts with metallic ones. Tyrus lifts up his left arm, which is actually a <laughs> mechanical arm, because in a previous investigation, his arm was blown off by a bolter. And he says, well, it is a little disturbing, but sometimes when duty calls and we must sacrifice our weak flesh in the line of duty, I would have no other man with me lest I be limbless. Now, does that same sentiment extend to your colleague Zarkov, the um, ex-Arbites operative who um, carried out assassination missions alongside the Adeptus Arbites law enforcement on the planet Malfi, which is a twisting hive city known for its relentless corruption. Um, Quite a skilled combatant, if not much in the way of a talker. Our interview was very short. He wouldn't really say much of anything. You know, it is rather unconventional to put an untouchable endosyker in the same acolyte cell. How how do you two get along? (laughs) Well, if I had my way, he would have stayed on Melfi. Yes, I will not deny the fighting prowess of Zarkov, but as you mentioned, he is an untouchable, a soulless, and to have such a a void, a hole in the universe within spitting distance of myself, I, 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 I don't know if the Inquisition will reimburse me for all of the headache meds I've had to take over 
the last couple of months, but I am uh, interrogator. <laughs> don't you think it would help the morale? He seems to be enjoying this a little bit too much. Interrogator, it would really improve morale amongst the whole group. Really, if you could reimburse me for those pills I have to keep taking to avoid headaches. I've nearly vomited multiple times in public with this man. <sighs> Perhaps you can take that up with your Inquisitor, but I am not in a position to help you. Do you know what he does with those he has killed? Uh, he says he, um, he keeps a, um, a book of mementos. I guess you could call it a book interrogator. A book of faces. <laughs> Some have referred to it as the Facebook, although I'm not keen on that name. <laughs> so at this point, then Salt flicks further through his data slate, pulling up a general briefing on the mission. He says, so, um, Acheron is a, um, a planet that is very close to being classified as a death world, but just not quite there. Racked by nearly permanent and extremely vicious storms. It's a barren, rocky place. Uh, it's only export of note being the large quantities of plasma that are synthesized by the foundries on the planet. It is, because of this, a very important world to the Imperium, and the reports of trade in Zeno's artifacts on this planet were very troubling. So my Inquisitor, Greta Margolin, sent a cell of her acolytes here to investigate the faceless trade. They went missing, which is when she, though she was loath to do it, called your Inquisitor and asked for a favor, which is when you came in. So if you wouldn't mind... Uh, recount the events that transpired shortly after you landed on Acheron. Yes, well, as you said, we were sent in to find the missing acolytes and track down the Xeno smuggling operation. We had a bit of trouble even landing on the planet. The planet is a storm-racked hellhole, and when we made Planetfall, there was a massive rainstorm that actually prevented us from landing for several hours. As we had some time to kill, we went over our objectives and our cover assignments. We were posing as noblemen visiting from off-planet who were going to be visiting the nobles of this world in the Spires. Specifically, we had plans to stay with one of the major noble houses on the planet, House Oberon. When we landed, we were greeted by one of the head butlers of House Oberon, a man by the name of Mortimer. And then we met with the scion of House Oberon, Matthias Oberon, who we weren't able to talk to for very long. He was in a bit of a state. His sister, Ophelia, had actually gone missing three days ago. And so he was a little bit scatterbrained. Matthias led us to our guest accommodations on the house Oberon estate, then had to leave as he had urgent business back at the house. Before he left, he informed us that we were all invited to the house Oberon dining hall 
for dinner. He also informed us that in two days' time, the Oberons would be hosting a masquerade ball, and as guests of House Oberon, we were invited. So, after he departed, we changed into some more suitable attire and headed out for the dining hall. Salt glances through a few more things in the data slate and says to you, as he continues looking at the data slate, so tell me exactly, in a great deal of detail, what happened next. Of course, interrogator. your day's meanderings so in the evening Mortimer escorts you to the main banquet hall of House Oberon so you get to join the family for dinner I merely consume nutrient paste so I have no need (laughs) at least join us you know I'll just end up sawing the dinner table and that's rude (laughs) (laughs) Also, how does society look uh, upon a force staff? <laughs> it's pretty clear that you're a psyker. People are careful not to, like, bump your elbows at dinner. <laughs> yeah, bump them at the dinner table, perils of the warp. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I want to eat that chicken, but I blood letter ate it instead. Who's <laughs> <laughs> just sitting at the table. He looks at all the nobles and very like clearly puts his elbows on the table. What are you going to do about it, huh? <laughs> no manners. Zarkov silently sweats to himself as social interaction he fears more than battle. <laughs> well, Jethro's was hungry, so he'll go to dinner because he doesn't fear talking to somebody. <laughs> <laughs> Who else is going? I look at everyone and I think at least somebody come to dinner. I mean, I'll come to dinner with you. Just don't expect me to talk to people. I'll just awkwardly stare at my food. I just, as long as you can eat and not kill anybody in the process, as long, you know, until we need you to. Could I even be just like your bodyguard? So I just stand in the background, don't even eat. Yeah, you can do that if you want. Okay, I can do that. So I'll I'll accompany you as well. Yeah, yeah, I'll I'll, um, begrudgingly just to observe. Watch humans be humans and be amusing to me. Just try to keep cool heads. I can't provide covers for all of you. <laughs> well, I'll keep my mouth shut, hopefully. My head is plenty cool. I installed enough cooling today. <laughs> <laughs> I've installed the latest etiquette algorithms. <laughs> so all you, you all go there um, dressed in your finest noble attire has at least 10 different outfits to pick from, being no porn and everything. The rest of you just have a, a nice suit each. Well, I'm just wearing my bodyguard stuff. I'm just there to protect the nobles. Okay. Yeah, you're, you're not dressed fancily. Yeah, if I end up trying to act like a nobleman, they'll be like, what the hell is wrong with this guy? <laughs> <laughs> they, they have a special place set with knives for you. Uh, so you go to the banquet hall. There's two spires and a, um, a bridge segment connecting the two, which within that bridge segment is the banquet hall. There are windows on each side at least a foot thick, 
reinforced glass to protect against the storms. And there's the banquet hall itself has this sort of like porcelain and gold decoration of House Oberon with their midnight blue curtains and uh, midnight blue tablecloth. Everything's very color coordinated. They're very particular about that stuff. As you get in, then um, one of the palace footmen escorts you to your places. It's, it's sort of like a, a um, very long table through the center of the Great Hall. Do you guys plan to arrive early, on time, fashionably late? Somewhere between on time and fashionably late. Not too, not too late. I don't want to be. I don't want to be too early. Exactly the right time. <laughs> Down to the second. As the clock ticks on to uh, seven o'clock, then rounds the corner. <laughs> Where is everybody? I was instructed to meet at this location for a 7 p.m. dinner. <laughs> exactly. For 1,900 hours. <laughs> Martin, what do you do when you're for the other party to get here? Everyone else, they, they clearly haven't set their chronos properly because they're not here at a time. Exactly. I think the All biggest right. thing for me would be to pay attention and record everyone who comes in and out of the room. Mm-hmm. See who's who, what's what, who's here. Yeah. Could you make an awareness test for me, please? Sure thing. Everyone? No. Yeah, we're not there yet. Everyone there. I'm the only one with a properly calibrated chronographer. (laughs) (laughs) So you see lots of the members and retainers of House Oberon. There's a general bustle of people. Um, you can spot the nobles among the ranks because they're wearing very peculiar outfits. They seem very illogical outfits to you because on a planet such as this, with raging winds and incessant thunderstorms, then the garb these people are wearing, uh, which is mostly billowing fabrics, large metal spines with veins of fabric stretched between them, <laughs> the absolute worst thing you could wear if you were to be caught elements. Nobles like to flaunt their wealth by wearing impractical garments. One person you see actually has a, a headpiece with a metal rod stretching into the air like a lightning rod connected directly to their head. <laughs> <laughs> it's um, quite a sight to see. Besides that, you it's don't... It's like a teletubby. Does he have a TV on his each person attended by a couple retainers and bodyguards. The large entourages that they usually have aren't really there because this is the dinner for the um, the elite. The servantry dines in a separate dining room, much less ornate, but the bodyguards and trusted advisors are with their little men. Pretty soon, the rest of the party arrives. Hello. Everyone besides Ketho make a charm test. <laughs> oh, no, right. Okay. <laughs> Someone's going to say hello. Your successes will add to the charm test that Ketho makes. Oh, okay. Well, hopefully, yeah, I hopefully you don't fail miserably like you always do. <laughs> okay, so um, in that case, Ketho, make your test with plus 20 and no further bonuses. I attempt to talk to the nearest dignitary through binary code alone. Barely. Yeah. You're guided to a seat on the table, reasonably close to the head of the table, which is not yet occupied. Directly across is it's over on the noble heir you talked to earlier. He gives you a nod of recognition as you enter. 
there's a hugely uh, empty seat next to Matthias. You may assume that it's for Ophelia, who's not here. Mm. After everyone is seated, there's a, two echoing raps on the floor from a cane, and a man walks in with the bearing of someone who is used to being the absolute authority. And in this case, he is. It's Archibald Oberon, the patriarch of the family. So he had the most impressive, most billowy suit of anyone that you have seen around here. Swaths of midnight fabric that look like they have gold stars embedded in them, twinkling, a billowing wreath around his shoulders that looks like fabric with the same density as air, so it's just floating in space as he struts in. When he walks in, everyone at the table in unison stands up. I motion everyone else to stand up. Um, okay. Fine. <laughs> this is a, an unlogical use of my legs. <laughs> I was very comfortable. As he walks in, a person heretofore unseen steps out of the shadows, wearing plain midnight blue great coat, and uh, pulls up next to Archibald over on, like, put something into his ear. Make a scrutiny test at minus 10, all of you. All right. <laughs> Nobody rolled well, did they? We were too focused on eating. Depression is unreadable, and he uh, exits the room. <laughs> and one of the footmen calls out, Attention! Regrettably, Lord Oberon will not be joining us for this dinner. Please continue as you were. <laughs> and Archibald Oberon marches purposefully out of the room. John, you want to go follow him? As you wish. Uh, oh, 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 wait, I think I can help. All right. Uh, I turn to, uh, to Zarkov, and I say, loud enough where I know someone could maybe hear it, but I'm not trying to belt it out to the room. I'm mm-hmm. trying to be subtle. I seem to have left my kerchief back in the room. Will you go fetch it for me? Of course, very good. Eat. <laughs> so, yeah, I try to slip out and follow him. Kepo, make a deceive roll. Yep. I'm pretty decent at it. Think. Yes. Yeah. Just barely. <laughs> Sweating profusely the whole time. So, uh, Zarkov, a, a couple people look over in your direction quizzically, but... Uh, don't seem to pay much attention, and Zarkov, you make your exit from the room. He mumbles something to one of the footmen about forgetting the handkerchief, and he looks at you like someone at a fast food restaurant messed up their order. <laughs> makes, like, get out of here head motion. I had to probably step out, as he's like, no, get the fuck out. I'm like, okay. Yep. <laughs> Alright, so make an awareness test now. Hey, yeah! There we go. Wow. Nice. Someone um, the fucking pose. So, I'm out of the social situation. I'm okay now. I'm hunting someone down. <laughs> I'm hunting someone. As you get out of here, um, you look around. There's a surprising number of people in the hallway, um, mostly servants, scurrying around with silver platters of food and that sort of thing. But um, you catch a glimpse of 
Archibald Oberon's coattails disappearing around one of the corners ahead. So I follow and uh, try to keep myself hidden from his plain view. Obviously, I'm not like hiding myself with all the servants. I'm just trying to not let him know I'm following him. Okay. Does my awareness check allow me to see if there's anyone following him, like that's like a protection or servant or you know someone that might be in trouble? You see one person dressed in servant's clothes with a bit of a, a different posture. Most of the servants are pretty like straight-backed butler posture. Uh, this person is sort of more hunched posture, more typical of the main hive worlders you're used to seeing in your Arbides duties. Um, and he's walking against the traffic of most of the servants going in the same general direction as Archibald over on. Well, I keep a close eye on him and follow and see what, what unravels. Mm-hmm. Now, we'll get back to you in a moment. Now I'm going to jump to the banquet. So now that you're here at the banquet, the food courses come. It's a elaborate five-course meal. The appetizers are brought out now. The meats of various creatures imported from off-world. Exorbitantly expensive, by all likelihood. The food is quite good, but um, it's a little bit stale. Everyone seems to be enjoying it heartily, though. Hmm. Well, I'm not going to complain and send it back and cause a fuss. That's interesting to know. It's stale? Yeah. It was sealed in a, a package, shipped in from off-world, and um, has been sitting around in the holding areas just a bit long. But it's not gone bad or anything. I detect that this cracker has suboptimal moisture properties. That's very interesting. While enjoying and proceedings very much enjoyed, I inquire as to the name of the chef. This was prepared by Chef Roderick, sir. Oh, well. I just want to send him my compliments. I think my comrade, though, he has a particular interest in Analyzing, I lean in, overanalyzing <laughs> some of the some of the food he eats. He's sort of trying to keep a like a journal of food he consumes to decide what actually uh, chemically makes good food as compared to bad food. My mass spectrometer is detecting abnormal levels of ketamine in this. <laughs> yes, I don't. <laughs> so I'm saying, like, and, I mean, if there was an opportunity, he would love to have a tour of the kitchens. I would too. I would love. I would love to meet uh, Chef Roderick myself. Well, uh, Chef Roderick is a busy man, but after the meal, I could escort the master. Yes, ask him if he will uh, meet with us after. It would be great. It would be a great opportunity to speak to him. I definitely have a few questions for him. But make sure you ask. Don't presume what he, the great chef, has planned. I give mm-hmm. him a little shining look, like a know your place look. You're a server. Kick man check with a plus 20. Oh, command. I thought you said, like, man check. <laughs> yeah, command. Um, I'll make a man check. Commands, come on. Yeah. Got yeah, it. Green, but yeah. The servant nods his head, says, well, very well. I will arrange that at once. Fantastic. And I go back to eating food. <laughs> hey, hey, tip him. Oh, yeah, that's a good idea. I take out a few coins, and uh, I slip them a few. He uh, smiles, a very slight smile, and nods appreciatively before stepping briskly around the table to another noble who's inquiring after the properties of the Amasek that's being served. 
<laughs> At this point, back to Zarkov. You're killing both of these fellows. Mm-hmm. Archibald, Oberon, and this mystery servant who's behaving strangely. Yeah, obviously I don't have any ill will towards Archibald right now, as far as I know. Just interested in why he left. And if this stranger is a threat or a friend. Obviously, I'm just going for my master's handkerchief. Yeah. You better get it, too. I need it. <laughs> if I don't have it by the end of this meal, how else am I going to dab my face? It's going to be embarrassing. <laughs> it's going to be... I'm going to have to use a regular napkin. And you're going to have to apologize to Oberon. You know, that must have been why he left. He turned around because he saw you weren't properly outfitted. Can't make a, we can't make a mistake like this again. So, um, and does anything interesting happen while I'm following in the crowd, or is the crowd dispersed? Archibald and the other person are both going the same way. Uh, Archibald is not looking back at all, sort of stepping purposefully that way. Everyone parts instinctively as he strides through the crowd. The other servant-dressed man has to squeeze through the crowd. Excuse me, pardon me, and wade through. People as a born-and-bred hive-worlder have no problem negotiating through the crowd. Both Archibald and the other fellow take an abrupt turn through a side passageway. Um, make a navigate surface check with your um, plus 20 bonus for being a hive-worlder. Oh, right on the dog. Wow. There's a complicated turn of passageways and a... Uh, Trip down a, a spiral staircase later, you manage to keep track of them. They do a uh, elaborate switch back through some corridors, but you keep on their tail. Also, make a stealth check. Oh, I'm gonna have to uh, spend a fate point on that. Yeah. That's not good. What? Fortunately for you, everyone else failed their awareness tests, so... Yes! <laughs> you make a uh, bit of a stumble and um, run into a guardrail on your way down. But uh, the other thing was such purpose they don't note it. Almost fall over the guardrail. The uh, people enter an arboretum area with uh, like an enclosed sphere, essentially, of glass within the building itself. Uh, that has a wide variety of tropical plants within. Do you want to follow them in? Uh, yes. Does it appear that... Crap, I forgot his name. The guy I'm originally following with the wispy cloak. Well, I'm going to around, dude. Yeah, the, the patriarch of Passover on. Is he aware that this other guy is following him, or does he appear to even notice him? He doesn't appear to notice him. Is there any way I can tell if he's menacing at all, or, like, armed. Make a scrutiny roll. Woo! Yeah! The following person um, seems more anxious than menacing. Anxious than menacing. Yeah, I follow them in, and I try to not be seen when entering. As they enter the Arboretum, the Archibald turns the corner, so does the other one. He's up behind a tree and see Archibald is um, staring out at the vista of the trees and the other person sidles up next to him. They both sort of look off into the distance, but you can see their lips moving as they speak to each other. Can I move closer to here? 
Yes, that will require another stealth roll. May the Emperor guide my steps. I'll give you a, a plus 10 because of the abundant foliage as cover. One! Nailed it. They are, did not roll well enough to see that. You get close enough, you can make an awareness test. Yes, just barely. That's enough for you to pick up snatches of the conversation, but not the whole thing. You don't catch all the words, but the um, servant suit-clad person seems to be making some kind of a report to Archibald. Searches have thus far yielded nothing, to which Archibald has a bit of a pained expression on his face, but he's hiding it well. Something, something, redouble your efforts. <laughs> Critic important. And then, um, person says, very, very well, and then walks away. So is there just the one guy left? Archibald is left by himself, yes. He stares uh, pensively at the trees for a moment. I'm contemplating... Murder Obviously, right? No. No, 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 no. <laughs> I, I think he's upset that his son set a place for his sister. I'm not 100% sure. But that's what I think I just gathered a little bit. I just don't know if revealing myself and offering help would be useful to him or just going away and just taking information back to you guys for now. What if you, like, walk in, like, you just happen to be walking in the area? And then I you're, like, you're like, hey, you look gloomy. <laughs> What's up, random person? I don't know you. I'll give you some sage advice. What do you true. look like? Because if you look like a freaking scrubby little underworlder, I'll probably punch you off the balcony. I mean, I look like an armed man who might be a bodyguard. So okay, I might be an assassin. Or, or like a bounty hunter? Yeah. I don't want to freak him out, and I also don't want to like upset him. But I know we've already contacted his son about his sister and trying to help. I just don't know how his relationship is with his dad, and I don't want to end up being executed because I was in the wrong place at the wrong time. You guys all have your um, your calm deed, so you can communicate with each other. Can I communicate quietly enough that I don't think he'd overhear? Or... If he rolls really well on an awareness test, he'll hear you. Okay, well, I'll risk it, I guess. I'll relay in the quickest terms what I've just seen and say, please advise. He rolled 100. <sighs> Wow. He, uh, he seems to space out for a little bit. So what do you guys say? Well, hold on. We're in the middle of eating dinner. Just <laughs> give us a second. How rude. Yeah. You hear the following things. Uh, hey, Martin, can you please pass me down a little? Yeah. Oh, great. Mm-hmm. Oh. Mm-hmm. Have you had yeah. some of that? It's great. <laughs> <laughs> guys, this is a life or death situation here. Come on. <laughs> Matt, do you say anything? No. <laughs> we're so helpful here what are you trying to accomplish here actually uh, to be honest I don't really know the point was to find out more information about Oberon's missing sister the guy we contacted earlier who said he would help us we help find his sister as far as I can tell he's just concerned about his daughter I don't know maybe that's why he turned around and was upset with his son set a place for his sister and she's missing he was like upset about that or something I don't know obviously oh. That might be why he turned around and left. From what I just overheard, you said he was anxious and doubling your efforts, so maybe he's still looking for her. I only heard bits and pieces, so maybe they're trying to kill her. I actually think you should approach him and be like, looking for somebody? I happen to be an expert at finding people. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Would it be good to be kind of like 
hey, maybe I can help you, and hopefully we have mutual friends. No, but this is like this is where I, I, I look so glum, chum. No, 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 no. Like you just you just say like I find people, no questions asked. Make it look like you're a guy who gets things done, but you don't ask. Like you don't care what you just want to get paid. You just said like I'm working for this idiot noble who's making me go grab handkerchiefs. I would rather go find someone who people care about. I got this. Eric, mm-hmm. can I, like, appear out of nowhere behind him, like, bow down, knelt, and just be like, sigh, get his attention, see what he does? Can I just completely bow, unthreatening? You can do that. How are you armed right now? So I would say I probably have only brought the chainsword because we were just going out, and I'm just a bodyguard at that point. So I would just say the armor and the sword. He starts a bit as you, uh, you kneel down and get his attention. His hand moves towards his hip, and then he relaxes and says, uh, Who are you? What are you doing here? A simple servant of the emperor. I overheard a little of your conversation. I serve a nobleman who is unworthy of my skill. Do I know you? No, sir. I am of no consequence. Then why are you here? You seem to be looking for something. I can find people. Make an influence test. Oh, no. Yes. Looks you up and down and says, um, as a matter of fact, yes. You have a certain unsettling air about you. <laughs> Don't even know. <laughs> I may have a use for you, in fact. Anything, my lord. You may have noticed there was an empty setting at the dinner table tonight. My daughter... Before I tell you any more, please hold out your hand. Oh. I present him my hand. He uh, reaches into his pocket and withdraws a uh, pouch from within, and he pulls out a very tiny needle. Dead. It's over. Game over. Do you do anything? No. I keep my hand outstretched. He uh, pricks you very lightly in the center of the palm, just enough to draw blood. Just puts it back into the pouch, then... Returns it to his pocket. Very well. My daughter Ophelia is missing. He, he leans in a little closer. He's like, this information is not to be spread among anyone else. Do you understand? I understand. It includes your associates. No one is to know of this. Can we hear any of this over the beads? Are you broadcasting it to them, Zarkov? No, they didn't give me any information. They don't get this. Well, I just I helped you. No, I'm just kidding. Broadcast that shit over an open box channel. No. Yeah, I'll relate to you guys. You know I'm not treacherous. One, I have fellowship fifteen. <laughs> I, wait, you just said you know I'm not treacherous. I'll prove it to you by betraying the guy who's asking you to trust. <laughs> now I have a reason to believe she may be plotting against me. I want you to find her, ascertain where true loyalties lie, and return her safely. If it turns out she's loyal, she'll rejoin the family. If it turns out she's disloyal, all my interrogators will be waiting for her. As you command, my lord. Our security network has determined that she went to the Ravenhold House Corvus. Our relations with them are strained at the moment. She snuck out under the cover of night and hasn't been seen since. That's all the information I have for you. It is quite enough information, my lord. I will find her quickly. 
you know, opens his wallet and shows you a picture of Ophelia. So you know what she looks like. I will keep my face present in my mind. Very well. Do what must be done. May the emperor be with you. And may the emperor be with you. Amen. You may go. Do not disappoint me. And then wheels and walks away. I bow again and sulk into the darkness. Can I make a self-check to see you, like, disappear dramatically? Or <laughs> right. hopefully this doesn't fail. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, don't don't fail, because you just could turn around and be like, you know what, change my mind. Someone else is going to do the job. Oh! That's a fail. Oh, God. Uh, well, they, I have three points. Yeah, why not? I'd use it for a dramatic effect. Yes! There you go. You melt into the darkness. So, uh, hey, it's it's good to be back though. And Sarkov had a social interaction where no one well, died. It was no one well. died. That actually is a first. Yeah. That's true. It only took two fate points. Alright, um, just for summary of the banquet, it goes um fairly uneventfully for the most part, although the mood is somewhat subdued because both Ophelia and the um Patriarch Archibald are missing. Why don't you all make inquiry rolls while you're here? Well, all of you like chat with the other people around and um, get sort of a more um, acquaintance with the other people around you. You learn a couple extra things. You learn that houses Oberon and Merin, up until recently, Fairly unfriendly with each other, but relations are uh, bettering recently. The point where they can almost be considered friendly, as far as does ever get friendly with other noble houses. It's the backstabbing conspiracy. <laughs> you see that um, general attitude at the table is that Ophelia is normally the life of these social events, and uh, moods a great deal subdued without her around. You sense an attitude of general disdain towards uh, Matthias Oberon. Not sure why, but people sort of crack jokes at his expense, don't assign as much weight to his comments. We don't know necessarily his motives for wanting to find his sister either. It could get funky. Yeah. Very funky. Because that sounds sketchy. Kind of want to find out more about that dude now. The dinner concludes without incident. Archibald never returns to the banquet. Zarkov, to get a handkerchief and come back eventually? Yeah, I guess so. I sprint <laughs> back to my master with a handkerchief in hand. <laughs> I am a good servant. Probably had enough extra handkerchiefs that you could get one. <laughs> I take it from you briskly. I'm like, it's about time. <laughs> I bow and apologize. I'm sorry, my lord. We'll speak about this later. <laughs> yes, and so with that, dinner concludes. Footman says, uh, the uh, masters of House of Run, thank you for attending. So I not get an audience with Chef Roderick? Yes, you get an audience with Chef Roderick. We'll do that next time. Did you arrange an audience with uh, you and Martin and Chef Roderick? No, I said Martin wants to go just check out the food, like examine the food, so he's going to ask about the menu. I'm going to pump Roderick for information while pretending to like his food a lot enough to ask him for a job. <laughs> but, well, not, I'm not asking for a job. Sorry. 
under the pretense that I'm interested in hiring a chef. Because, you okay. know, Noble's got to have a chef on retainer. So can I poach this guy? Like he poaches an egg? Yeah. Excellent. All right. Uh, with that, we'll end the session for experience points. We get base 100 plus um didn't particularly eliminate an enemy of the Imperium, but you did make a new contact, and you did find some more information that could be useful in uh, furthering your investigation. So I get a total of two part experience for the session. Um, Martin and Ketho and Tyrus, each of you gain an influence for conducting fairly well at the dinner. All right, uh, with that, we'll end the session. All right. All right. Good night, guys. Yeah, have a good night, everyone. Thanks for listening to the show. You can find us online at itsprobablyheresy.wordpress.com. And if you see anything heretical, you can contact the Acolytes at itsprobablyheresy at gmail.com. Dead. It's over. Game over. How rude.